Hello everybody, Brian Keane from How to Franchise, simply here with one of my regular teleconferences. I'm really thrilled today to be able to uh, interview Christopher Whitelaw. Chris is a barrister of some note and an interesting man with a fascinating background and some tremendous knowledge to share. Um, essentially, um, one of the reasons that I spoke to Chris, approached him about being available for this uh, this interview, which I'm privileged to be able to, to, to have offered to you, is that he specializes in really working with people, with clients, uh, particularly in the commercial area, have a dispute um, and finding ways to resolve it quickly at little cost and without hurting important commercial relationships so that you can get on with business. So he's written a fascinating ebook, which I certainly recommend to all of you today, called The Seven Steps Guide for Small Business to Give Commercial Disputes the Slip or How to Stay Out of Court and Stay in Business. I love that because that's what it's all about. Anyone in business, uh, especially, I suppose, franchising is a sector that's seen as having a little bit more friction than others, although I don't know if that's necessarily valid, but nevertheless, whether you're a franchisee or a franchisor, you need to be familiar with this process because um, in life it's going to be of value to you at some stage, I almost guarantee. The, the truth is that going down the litigious route has the potential to destroy our businesses. I, I know I certainly lost one business through a legal dispute, but there was no no making of mine, and I resented forever the fact that I didn't manage to get it mediated beforehand because uh, it could have saved a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of stress, and probably given me less grey hair. So I think you need to take every step you can to avoid that. So as the doctor would tell you, prevention is better than cure, and these seven steps have been written by Chris to help you bulletproof your business so that you know the threat of litigation which is always hanging from one direction or another it can be created quite easily so that you've got really I suppose a card to play against it. Uh, Chris is, uh, is very well qualified in this area he's got over 30 years of experience accumulate dealing with commercial disputes um, and he still smiles and laughs, so you've got to, you've got to say. <laughs> um, his first 20 years was as a commercial lawyer, and then as a barrister. A career I've always sort of envied, actually, always fancied that, but I don't think I'll make it now. Um, and so he spent time preparing, you know, cases for court and arguing cases for clients. So goodness me, he must be an extra, extraordinary potpourri of people and circumstances. Uh, appeared on many panels as a commercial arbitrator. Um, and... Um, from, uh, let's see, year 2000, he obtained his master's degree in law and specialised in what's become known as an area as uh, alternative dispute resolution, ADR. And it's something that you should be yourselves familiar with, and that's what we're going to learn a bit more about today. It's really focusing on how to manage disputes, disputes get them resolved without going to litigation. Um, now, over the last five years particularly, um, Chris has specialised in commercial disputes, uh, including those in franchising, and his track record is formidable. He's, he's actually shown hundreds of businesses how to uh, set up their risk management sort of programs, bulletproof themselves so that they can avoid litigation, and if there are disputes, get them resolved quickly and effectively so they don't get caught up. So let's get the ball rolling. Chris, um, good afternoon to you. Thanks for making yourself available. Good afternoon, Brian. Um, I, I suppose we'll, we'll run into the intro here because um, effectively the heading here, which you may be listening to in audio or you may be watching um, according to your uh, your media using, how to resolve disputes without mitigation, without damaging important relationships. So in looking at that, um, and uh, I, I suppose we'll have what encompassed there, the first question I've got for you, Chris, is really why should... Franchise business owners, in particular, take this seriously, this, this risk of litigation. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Uh, in fact, I, I, I guess the, in, in putting that in a little bit wider ambit, uh, and as you indicated early on, uh, the relevance of what I'm speaking about here and what's in the guidebook is, is there both for franchisors and franchisees. Um, Many, many franchises, I guess, would fall into the category of being called an SME, a small to medium-sized enterprise. And that's my particular focus, uh, and it's the particular focus of the Commercial Disputes Management Center, because 
bigger corporations have an alliance, if you like, with the, with the top tier law firms and they're pretty well taken care of and they have plenty of money to throw around, which uh, SMEs don't. So uh, a big corporation can take on, <coughs> excuse me, a hefty bit of litigation and they may have a particular agenda for it um, and they may be willing to spend a great sum of money for it because uh, they take the view commercially if they, if they win that litigation uh, that gives them the upper hand in a particular um, you know, niche that they're operating in or a particular business advantage over competitors. But this is not really uh, the sort of playground for SMEs and as far as I know, you know mo most SMEs have to keep a careful um, eye on their cash flow and being suddenly uh, you know, drawn into litigation um, can can you know consume a lot of your cash flow and and possibly you know fatally so so that you can't properly carry on business. So it is a very significant threat. Uh, I call it litigation hijack, um, and, and and as you said, it's ever present. And the litigation hijack really it comes around like this: um, if you don't set up your business in a way that I'm going to explain in this interview and it's explained in the guidebook uh, with the risk management written into it um, and you don't bulletproof your business, then if a dispute emerges, it leaves it wide open to your opponent if they want to, to uh, use whatever leverage they can get and if they happen to be in a position where they can choose to use litigation rather than some alternative method simply to pressure you, simply to get the upper hand, and they, they may, and, they, and some will, most definitely. So that's what I call litigation hijack, and that's what anyone in business is exposed to if they don't uh, follow these seven steps and bulletproof their business. They are, as I term it, an accident waiting to happen. So. Uh, there's two million SMEs out there, I'm told. Yeah. Franchises are amongst them, um, and it's just no point um, uh, going into and, and, and paying money to go into a new business and putting all the effort and, and uh, creativity and whatever else into it, and then being an ostrich and sticking your head in the sand uh, concerning litigation or the threat of litigation, saying this will never happen to me. Uh, that's a fool's game, and, and I don't recommend it. So. This guidebook uh, is, is written for the SMEs, and uh, if that's you, um, then I hope um, what I'm about to say here uh, will be helpful to you. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a great illustration, and uh, certainly I, I know from my experience that uh, one ends up in these unfortunate situations when you end up with a dispute with someone where they, they draw a line and they are fighting on principle as opposed to having any practical uh, reason for it. Commercial good sense, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's a, someone like Chris is able to draw the heat out of it, I think. So, so Chris, um, your, um, your organization is called the Commercial Disputes Management Center, very appropriately. Um, what's different about it, about your center when it comes to handling commercial disputes? What's Absolutely. And I'll just say at the beginning, um, I did initially I uh, was initially thinking of calling it Commercial Disputes Resolution Center, but I deliberately changed that to Commercial Disputes Management Center uh, because it's the uh, management really is the key word. Um, if a dispute can be effectively uh, managed and, uh, and managed from early in its life, then resolution and early resolution inevitably in most cases follows. Uh, but the skill in the whole thing is in the management. But um, I'll just say this as to you know why me and why Commercial Disputes Management Center. As you said, I've been involved in dealing with uh, disputes, commercial disputes, for some 30 years now. So that gives me a great deal of um, uh, background experience, and basically from all angles, because I've seen it in through the focus of a litigation solicitor and barrister. I've seen it through the focus of a arbitrator, and and then more recently as a mediator. So it really enables me to get that. 360 degree look at the whole thing and truly understand the anatomy of a dispute. And this, this uh, whole thing, of course, is what is, um, uh, is central to the whole philosophy and rationale of the Commercial Disputes Management Center. Um, CDMC was set up by me, but it, it operates with, through alliance partners. Um, 
So we're basically able to take on any type of dispute um, that an SME might be involved in. Um, uh, you know, it, it's by, by coming at a dispute with the background that we have, it gives what I call peripheral vision, the ability to see what others uh, don't or can't. Um, it's like having on a pair of x-ray glasses that allows us to quickly diagnose a, a dispute when it comes to us, identify the critical and core issues quickly, and then, you know, work out the best way ahead to deal with it, what I call a blueprint, preparing a blueprint, uh, to manage the dispute. And uh, we, we, there's a very important word in the way that we work is called triage, and triage is something that should happen at the very front end. Uh, to avoid the, 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 the problem out there of not being able to see the wood for the trees, uh, you need to be able to uh, strip down a dispute very quickly uh, and understand what its nature is and the best way to deal with it um, uh, to avoid it being prolonged, to avoid it getting aggravated and escalated. Um, and this is what we do through a triage process. And if we need to have more than one person on the triage panel, then we will, because we'll, we'll bring to bear whatever expertise is necessary for the particular dispute that um, comes through the door. I'll say this also just to, again, give more uh, background context here. Um, as a young lawyer, I, I cut my legal teeth as a litigation lawyer. Um, and uh, from that experience over more than 15 years of going to court for people, both as a, as a litigation solicitor and barrister, I can honestly say that there were not many happy winners and grinners in what I call the litigation game. It's a tough game, uh, and uh, they say that the only real winners are the lawyers. Now, you know, yes, I'm a lawyer, and yes, I've been well paid from going to court for people, but it's a, it's a sad statement, really, to say uh, that in the litigation game, the only winners are the lawyers. Um, I've been involved in the legal justice system in, in, as an arbitrator, as a mediator, and all that experience has brought me to this point where I am now and over the last five years in setting up the Commercial Dispute Management Center to understand the things to do early on and then in a progressive way that will ensure that disputes most commercial disputes, and in my experience, I would actually go as, as far as saying 98, if not 99% of commercial disputes uh, are capable of being effectively, efficiently managed and resolved early without the need to litigate uh, if processes uh, within the business are set up properly, and that's what we're going to go through when we go through the seven steps. Yeah. Um, I want to say this. This is something really uh, an important point to take notice of. What I am doing now using the Commercial Dispute Management Center um, uh, as the vehicle is an approach that's strongly supported and advocated by the federal government, both sides of politics, and by uh, an organization called NADRAC, which is the National Alternative Dispute Resolution Advisory Council, who advises federal government on the best ways to make use of ADR, assisted or alternative dispute resolution, uh, um, to manage and resolve disputes without using litigation um, in the courts and tribunals. So don't take my word on it. They have a website. and You can go and Google it and see for yourself. Just Google National Alternative Dispute Resolution Advisory Council. But here's a problem. And, uh, and I know this very well because I, I've been a lawyer for, for many years. Too many lawyers pay just lip service only to what has been recognized now for 10 years as a professional duty they have to help clients manage and resolve disputes without litigation. Mm. It's part of their professional duty of care. Litigation should be often isn't uh, for lawyers, the last resort, not the first option. And um, by doing that, they adopt a stance that's almost opposite to this policy of government that I just mentioned, the NADRAC. And because of that, they tend to 
pay lip service to the ADR approach, but then quickly push clients uh, into litigious mode first. And then only then, after the client, after the business owner, is entrenched and enmeshed within the litigation system, I call it the litigation funnel or production line, where the lawyers are free to play their game, which is what they feel they're mainly trained for through their legal education and, and, and everything else, um, uh, to, to, to litigate, to get resolution. There's a very, very senior person out there, Sir Lawrence Street, who used to be the Chief Justice in, of the Supreme Court and who's now one of the doyens in the ADR uh, industry, made a very important point. When you litigate, you don't head towards dispute resolution. That's a misnomer. You head towards a determination or a decision by a court. It's a very different thing. Mm. So um, C CDMC, Commercial Dispute Management Center, is basically a bespoke uh, center, if you like, to take all this uh, knowledge and skills and methodology and technology that can be harnessed for resolving, managing, resolving disputes outside of the litigation system and bring it to bear uh, uh, to the benefit of the SMEs. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'll just I'll just finish up there just uh, quickly on that, uh, uh, Brian, and before we move on, it's just, just because a lot in this, and you'll find it, um, of course, all available in the guidebook, but there, there is uh, there's some things here that I, I really want the audience to understand because when a dispute happens, it is almost entrenched now in psychology that you trot off to your lawyer. Mm. And I am a lawyer, but what the warning I guess I want to get out there is that many, many lawyers are just not trained enough to adopt the approach that CDMC uh, adopts when a dispute is brought to it because of their, what I call lawyer's DNA. It's the, what they're trained to do. And it follows almost a set format. And I'm, I'm going to bring this out in the open because it really, you need to see this in juxtaposition to this alternative way of working in a commercial way for, with commercial people and commercial disputes. So let's just quickly run through it. When you go to a lawyer, the first step, the lawyer says, I need to find the facts. I want to know the facts. But those facts tend to only come on one side of the coin, which is the client. It's their instructions. It's not the full facts. And so properly, um, uh, you know, uh, properly called, it's not facts. It's, it's someone's version of the facts. Yeah. The lawyer then um, will consider the law and apply it to that version of facts, which may not be the whole, the whole quid, both sides of the coin. The lawyer will then tell his client, uh, his or uh, her client, the legal remedies that they can get if their facts end up prevailing and being found at the end of you know a long process to be the truth. And then they'll they'll say, well, you know, you tell me that's the truth. Let's, let's kick off, and they kick off with what's called a letter of demand. And as anyone's got a letter of demand, they know it's not a pleasant thing. And uh, that then immediately starts to escalate the dispute, whereas the approach that CDMC, uh, takes, CDMC takes is, is the exact opposite. It employs strategies and methodologies that help contain and de-escalate the dispute right from the beginning. Lawyers are trained to do things in a particular way, which unfortunately tends to escalate disputes and aggravate them. And we all know what then happens. The person who's the receiver of that letter rushes off into the arms of their lawyer. And their lawyer takes their instructions, which is the other side of the coin, but treats it as the truth, and starts to build a legal case around that. And then that's what's taken into the court process. So that's what's called a legal standoff. And this is the typical stuff of uh, that happens in a conventional way uh, with commercial disputes if they get handled in that way. CDMC was established to offer an alternative to that to the SME market. And the mantra of CDMC is very, and you'll see it on, it, on, the, on, on its uh, uh, homepage of its website, is to contain, de-escalate, effectively manage, and then resolve early uh, commercial disputes as an alternative to the litigate first approach. And to do that, there's a specific methodology. 
and that methodology follows this pattern. Diagnose each dispute in an objective way, and that means seeing both sides of the coin, both sides of the dispute. And highlight key commercial interests. It's highlighting commercial interests at the very front end that makes a huge difference because we take the approach that if we're dealing with commercial people, they're willing to take a commercial approach. Mm. Secondly, keep the focus on the issues and on the relationships and don't get uh, fall into the trap of putting the focus on the people and allowing the dispute to be aggravated and escalated because of allowing the personal differences to be accentuated. Um, contain and de-escalate the dispute and bring the parties into the fold of effective communication. And I cannot tell you, Brian, how often this doing this at the early front end stage is one of the most effective steps to be taken to resolve disputes quickly, managing the communication. Yeah. Often at the very beginning, both sides are hot under the collar, and when they're hot under the collar and they walk into the local lawyer's office, yeah. they are perfect fodder for the litigation lawyer's mindset. Absolutely. It becomes a sparring. They become sparring. Absolutely. And away it goes. And away it goes. I think the ego is everybody gets involved. Absolutely. You're right. And then match up the dispute and the parties to the dispute with the right person or persons to effectively manage it and guide it to early resolution. Now, this in itself has a lot in it because just like in many other areas, you spend some time to you know, make sure you go to the right dentist, the right architect, the right engineer, etc., etc. It's the same thing here. Not everyone has the right skill set for a particular dispute. And so in Commercial Dispute Management Center, through the triage process, we make sure that we bring the right expertise to each dispute. Then manage the dispute in a way that reduces tensions, avoid uh, the polarization uh, of the positions in the dispute, uh, to avoid them becoming entrenched, um, according politeness, basics like this, according politeness and courtesy and respect to both parties so that they both feel that their view can be valued and respected, um, and then move on in a cooperative way to identifying what we call core or critical issues, and then looking and exploring the best pathways. Uh, uh, to to find a way on each of those main issues uh, to find some harmony, to find some common ground that the two sides can come around and see how their commercial interests can be uh, taken care of uh, through one of the uh, possible alternative solutions. People call this trying to get the win-win, but uh, bottom line here, Brian, really is is you know it's not win-win in the sense of each side trying to get their optimal. It's win-win in the sense of people in business realizing that they just need to get to a point of commercial understanding and arrangement and agreement with each other uh, that they can live with and that will see them get back to business, working on the business and their, and their business uh, you know, aspirations and goals as quickly as possible and bring the dispute to an end. So that's the basic philosophy, and I know I've spoken taken up quite a bit of time on that, but it was extremely important to uh, bring out really what is this difference uh, in the way that we work uh, to, to the standard uh, way that a dispute might be handled if you walked into the local lawyer's office. Look, I, that's a very impassioned and convincing case, and uh, I've got no doubt, having been involved in many variations of arbitrations and so on and legal cases, that what you're saying is absolutely true. It's so easy to get sucked into a adversarial sort of situation, and it does almost become a competition between the legal entities involved where they've got a score to settle with the, the lawyer down the road, and this is a chance to put one on him. You know, it's, uh, it, unfortunately, you get involved in, in numerous side issues, I think, and I love the triage um, approach because uh, ha yeah. having that way of, I suppose, putting the, putting the light out before it starts to really, you know, really sort of set fire to things and those alliance partners means you're able to draw on lots of different experiences rather than so often you go to a professional in any field and they'll always say yes we, I can handle that I'm an expert and unfortunately their expertise is often limited uh, in some respects and uh, that's a great way of overcoming it so yes, there's, the there's two models 
there's, there's, there's really two models that we're talking about, and just and if you wanted to give a brief name to each, you'd say that the the typical litigious approach is referred to as the com, uh, the com competition or competitive right. adversarial approach. The alternative that we're talking about here is referred to as the uh, constructive thinking, creative, cooperative approach. That's yeah. uh, the way that it's often described in the literature. I, th I think that's. I think that that encompasses it really well and makes it very clearly understandable from a businessman's point of view. So let's get. I know we're going to. You're generally going to make these seven steps available yep. to everyone, yep. but let's let's get stuck into them so you can just give us a quick overview so we know what's what's coming. So get us licking our lips here when you describe the steps. What's the first one? The, uh, I will, Brian, and, I, and I'll just say I'm, I will because I, I, we're, we're uh, trying to uh, um, accomplish this interview within a 30-minute uh, time thing is just to say that I'll be fairly brief in going through these steps because uh, I'm hoping that at the end of this interview you'll, you'll be motivated to go to the website and actually download uh, your copy of the guidebook um, and where you'll get you know the full expose, expose there. But step one is... Um, Adopting the right that will lead to better internal policies and procedures uh, to avoid and minimize disputes. Now, you know, there's a logical sequence there, if you like, because um, uh, um, if you don't have this right awareness and philosophy in your business, then you're going to be more inclined to head towards that or, or get sucked into or uh, decide upon uh, to litigate, to be adversarial, to be oppositional, to be competitive in the way that you deal with your uh, with any dispute, than adopting this alternative way. So there's always an education process here in, in, in whatever. If you're, you know, as as you, I think you yourself, Brian, in your workshops and things when you're teaching people about franchising, your very first step is to increase their understanding, education, awareness about. You know why, fran why franchising? You really can't move on to anything else until you get that right level of awareness. Would that be right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you got to understand the game you're playing. So it's the same here. Um, so it's essential that every business owner uh, who faces that risk of uh, that we've been talking about understands the anatomy of a dispute. What lies behind it, what often lies behind it and drives it into existence and then spurs it on uh, leading to es dispute escalation and loss of control. And, you know, this is where, you know, this is where you pinpoint, uh, you know, something that's sort of bubbling there and then crystallizes as a dispute. It's, it's when there's a, a, a sense of loss of control over some aspect of your business relationship, either business to business, you know, franchisee to franchisor or franchisee to customer, whatever. Hmm. And if the business owner can, uh, ha has inculcated, if you like, or imbibed this higher level of knowledge and awareness uh, about how best to manage and, and, uh, disputes, it will lead inevitably to a revision and updating of their internal policies and procedures. And this is something that CDMC uh, can help them with. Okay, yeah. Um, so in other words, you, what you're doing is you get a defensive strategy incorporated in your day-to-day -day business affairs so that you're automatically defaulting to this philosophy. Yeah, it's a realignment of your thinking and your philosophy that makes you uh, amenable to and open to uh, this uh, alternative way of uh, of managing disputes. Okay. Now, um, I, I appreciate the time's marching on, but I'm yes. finding this absorbing, and I'm amazed how the time has flown. So I'm happy to indulge, and I'm sure the listeners are as well, <laughs> in, in, right. in, the, in a few extra minutes to be able to listen to these steps quickly, because you're describing it so simply that I think it's an ideal opportunity to... Uh, um, you know, to, to share that with us if you're happy to spend a bit of extra time. Chris. Oh, I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't mind me spending a bit more time, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Okay. Um, well, let's, 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 let's put you on a spot there. What's the second step? <laughs> yep. Yep. The second step, the second step um, is uh, a very, very important one, often overlooked, and I can't tell you uh, how often I see this, Brian, uh, it's having poor contracts. So the second step is upgrade your contracts uh, as part of your essential risk management. Um, 
as soon as a dispute happens and, and, and a contract is involved and you go to any advisor, any legal advisor, the very first thing they're going to say is show me your contracts. Absolutely. And the essential point that I want to make here is that you can have uh, many contracts that are well drafted in terms of, you know, setting out, uh, you know, key terms and conditions. But often what's missing is the, a special set of clauses that should be there all the time if you want to bulletproof your business in the way I'm talking about, which is these dispute management and dispute resolution clauses. Now, if you cast around and look at many contracts, you'll see uh, even some contracts that do have these, they're not uh, drafted in a way that I would suggest they be drafted. Ultimately, what those clauses need to accomplish for you is this, that it gives you peace of mind and comfort that because you've adopted this philosophy, which is, you know, if dispute arises, let's try to resolve it without litigation, um, uh, it has a stepped process incorporated into it through these clauses that will allow every dispute to be um, quickly identified, uh, contained, then to go through a, a sequence, which is a period of time allocated for negotiation, just party to party, um, but confined to a period of time, so it doesn't have time to get uh, uh, escalated and aggravated. So if that negotiation doesn't work within that time frame, it then moves to the next level, which is uh, either some form of conciliation, uh, where you might go to someone that you both say, like for instance, if it was a franchise dispute, let's go to someone like Brian or someone else who, who's so familiar with this area uh, that we can expose our issue to to Brian, say what I think about it, you say what you think about it, and ask Brian in a, in a, in a, in a way to give us some guidance. Yeah, now, we don't have to take that as binding, but we just, it might just help us diffuse the dispute. That's These are right. things that can be done very early on if you have a set of clauses that permits it to happen, and a set of clauses that require this sequence to happen before any party can go any further. So. It could be to go to someone who's regarded as a neutral expert. It could be going to mediation, so a mediator will then help you resolve the dispute. Again, it's on a timeline. It might have some tricky issues in it that can't be resolved at mediation, in which case it may provide them for the parties to go and choose their own commercial arbitrator to determine finally, as a binding determination, the matters that they're not able to resolve through their own uh, discussions or through mediation and that's called commercial arbitration and there's a whole act that governs that in this in this country and in this state called the Commercial Arbitration Act and it's specific, specifically set up for domestic commercial disputes so savvy business owners these days who understand that uh, by and large and most of the time litigation is simply time-consuming and uh, eats up your costs and distracts you from your business will insert a certain set of clauses. And CDMC, of course, can help any business owner um, uh, review their contracts and put in these clauses that will ensure that you cannot be subject to what I call litigation hijack. So I put an enormous importance on that second step. That, that makes sense. You know, that makes absolute sense. I, 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 would, I would say that I'm going to check out the few different legal documents I've got. Um, and I suggest anyone listening does the same, whether it's a lease or, or any kind of agreement you have, and make sure you've got appropriate clauses. If they're not there, then endeavour to get them implemented with the agreement of the other party, if they're existing. And Brian, I might, I might just say uh, off the cuff here before we move on to the next point, um, in case I forget to say it at the end, you know, um, uh, if, if people listening to this are people in, in your network or anyone who, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, is contemplating being in a franchise or already is there, and they hear this uh, interview, I, I, I want them to know that uh, they can um, approach me, and you'll get the details at the end, um, for an, a no-fee uh, review of what, any contract they have, for me at least to give a preliminary view to them as to whether it, it, it's crying out for an, an upgrade. So no charge to do that uh, as, as an yeah, offer to make in this interview. Yeah. Okay. We're well, skating on to the next one. Um, mm. The third step. 
how to, the first step is about management, how to effectively manage a dispute. The second is getting your contracts um, upgraded so they're all in shape and, and really all absolutely. profiled correctly. So then your third yep. step. Absolutely. So, so assuming you've got those contracts uh, in order, um, we have a checklist we use um, th that helps uh, manage a dispute. And it's a checklist that anyone can, can use. And, and it runs this way. Firstly, uh, uh, I'll go through the checklist of what not to do. Don't ignore it. Sorry, is this, the third, is, this, right? this is the third step, is it, your checklist? No, this third, this third step this, uh, includes, uh, in under the heading of management, this is a checklist of what not to do when a dispute comes up. Oh, okay. Firstly, don't, don't ignore it. Secondly, don't act defensively or aggressively towards the other party, because <laughs> that leads to escalation. Mm. Thirdly, don't fuel the tensions, because that will escalate it. Don't engage in intimidation of any kind towards the other person and avoid conduct and tactics that are confrontational, manipulative, or blaming. Now, I'm giving you those matters because studies that have been done quite extensively into this area have identified those matters I just mentioned as some of the typical stimulants that cause a dispute to start getting out of hand. Yeah, they're inflammatory, aren't they? It just so easily happens that every triggers becomes aggressive, stroke, defensive, yep. whatever it might be. And, and of course, it know, makes the other person do, do the same. Yeah, before and, you know, uh, it's, it's a competition. It's not, yep. you know, no longer is it an issue or your dispute. You're looking to find a winner. <laughs> it's like a boxing match, you know. That's it. They're not looking for a draw. Yeah. Exactly, Brian. And so these things that I'm mentioning, it's really a psychology we're talking about here. Mm. And anyone in business without uh, the need to go and use anyone else's services can simply adopt this checklist about what not to do, and they'll be giving themselves considerable you know, self-help in this area. Oh, I love checklists. I love checklists. I love to hear this. This is yeah, my, I do too. my bread and butter. They really, <laughs> they just, <laughs> They save you so many embarrassments or expenses or predicaments. It's uh, so simple. I'm a believer in them too. Mm. I'm a believer in them. Oh. The okay. chief aim here, Brian, should be, uh, as I've mentioned before, contain, de-escalate, move it into smooth, a smooth management protocol. And an important part of this is deciding uh, correctly when to engage an ADR expert to help manage that process for you. But if you can do the things I'm mentioning, it will be a great beginning. But the, but the next level of responsibility, I, I guess, here in, in, in being a, a good manager of your own business is to recognize when you need to call in external help. Yeah, quickly, just I think. It's just so easy to inflame it. It's so, it's so tempting. It is. So, 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 I mean, I, I suppose, you know, you're speaking from years and years of professional experience, exposure to all sorts of circumstances, and, and that's experience which is invaluable. But you're, you're a student very intelligent enough to pick it up so you've learned from that and hence what you're sharing with us really is the wisdom uh, of, of so much case experience. It's, uh, it's distilled, that's right Brian, it's absolutely, it's, it, and it's distilled over a long period of time. Here's a checklist on the other side, the positive side of what business owners could do to achieve good management of a dispute. Firstly, ensure that you apply and adhere to the protocol which is set up in your contract. Yeah. Uh, to manage disputes. Secondly, create an atmosphere and environment that's polite, respectful of the other party's views, firmly states your own views and reasons that support them, and focuses on approaching and managing dispute in a cooperative, collaborative way. So here you are deviating from the other way, which is the uh, adversarial, competitive, confrontational uh, stance. Yeah. Then work together to identify the core critical issues in the dispute and accept the right of each party to start off with a different view. Just allow that to them so that you can show you're trying to understand the other point of view. Mm -hmm. Try to find what your common commercial interests are as quickly as you can um, and, uh, and keep the focus, keep that, you know, within focus all the way through. Come, come on, during, your yeah. during your negotiations, do your best to uncover and understand the other party's point of view, other party's perspective, and demonstrate some empathy. But at the same time, stand firm on identifying your own chief concerns and interests. Yeah. 
then try to pinpoint the chief causes of the dispute and explore the options to eliminate, ameliorate, or mitigate them. And if the negotiations seem like they're getting stuck or bogged down, that's your signal to, uh, to, okay. to jointly together decide to bring in some external help. Yeah. And that's, of course, help that we can offer um, through CDMC. Now, have we slipped into the fourth step there? No, the fourth okay. step, Brian, and <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll hurry it along. A bit brief. Now, hopefully we've, we've yep. finished. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Finish with the meat and potatoes. We'll, uh, we'll get into the... Uh, into step, the yeah. Will do. <laughs> step four is know when... To, uh, it does incorporate step four a bit. Know when to seek expert help and how to select the right expert. Now, I won't say more than announce that to you because uh, it's all fully explained uh, in the guidebook, but it's that particular expert or group of experts or whatever that will set up the triage method, the triage process, so that that dispute can be quickly stripped down, analyzed, uh, understood, so that a, uh, uh, a tailor-made um, blueprint can be designed for it. Yeah, okay, excellent. And step number five. And I should mention, Brian, just before step five, that that is an area where we make uh, use of our alliance partners. And if you go to the website and look at the tab for alliance partners, you'll see that they cover in a very extensive, uh, extensive range of different fields, including yours, of course, which is franchising. Right. Step five is um, be a good instructor to your expert. This, this is a, an, a very important area. and. Even as a, um, a solicitor and a barrister, Brian, um, one of the things that um, you could see happen, and I, I just saw this more and more later on as I was you know, in other roles uh, as barrister, as media, as arbitrator, is that um, often business people, uh, once they're taken out of their um, uh, you know, safety of what they know into unfamiliar ground, unfamiliar unfamiliar territory, they feel totally lost. They feel totally, you know, um, uh, what's the word, you know, um, out of their, um, what, what's the word there? Depth, I know I uh, yeah, out of their depth comfort, and, zone. And comfort zone, yeah. And so it's really important that, that uh, business owners get properly equipped so okay. they can feel comfortable and in control of the whole dispute management resolution process, which may include instructing various experts. And yeah, in, the guidebook, I, mm, sorry, I, in the guidebook, I provide a checklist uh, to help uh, them do that. Yeah, it's so easy. You know, I can think of a quick analogy there without drawing things out, but when one looks uh, at politicians who are trying to, uh, you know, rule the roosts and they're being interviewed, and they, they're asked a question where they've been pre pretending to be experts and they're found lacking and suddenly they're floundering it's something you see in business as well, where people, um, again, it's perhaps ego. They won't, you know, they, they feel like they to be a master of all things, and they'll tend to sort of bluff their way, and then it reaches a point where suddenly you're really caught with your pants down in literal terms because you haven't really, you haven't really got the knowledge. And how can you brief somebody and be a good instructor if you're not honest with yourself to begin with? I, I think that's a very good point. That is, that is, and I'll just add this, Brian, before we move to step six, that um, one of the worst things for a business owner uh, is to go ill-prepared into uh, a lawyer's office because, uh, because they, the lawyer will hijack the business owner and, uh, and the business owner then will feel that they've totally abdicated all their power across to, to the lawyer. So it's very important in the way that we work uh, uh, with uh, people that come to us is that they understand how to work with us in an effective way, and they constantly feel empowered all the way through. Oh, look, at, I laugh there, and I shouldn't do it. Fortunately, I had professional training as a quantity surveyor, so minute, I find details. Something, <laughs> something we, you know, we worked out how many screws we're going to use to fix the door frame. You know, it was really down to fine details. <laughs> So yeah. for me, it's sort of instinct. Uh, it's something you you. It's a lot of work to get the detail right to brief someone, and and you you can be kind of cut corners. But goodness me, it's at your own peril. Okay, that's, those are excellent points, and they're, they're great yeah. examples you're quoting. So it's all very memorable. So running into the sixth step. Yep, the sixth step um, is to be a good communicator. Mm. Communication 
uh, and I drive this home, is at the heart of most disputes. Right. If you just think about it, Brian, in any area you want, uh, even in personal relationships, marriages, whatever else, it's communication breakdown is at the heart of most disputes. Um, and it leads to escalation. It leads to deterioration of the relationship and escalation of the dispute. So it's in the best interest to pay keen attention to this step and become a good communicator. And again, uh, given that my love of checklists, I provided a checklist uh, uh, in the guidebook on how to uh, become a good communicator. Uh, look, it, franchising, it's one of my hobby horses. I, I, I think every franchise group should have a communication manager or officer to make sure communications are kept in touch because so often they're not. And once, they get, once the lines get fractured, it's like a bad phone line. Once it starts dropping out, you never, you never hear the full side of the conversation. So that's excellent. I'm looking forward to getting a copy of that checklist myself because I've been remiss. Yeah. I haven't done that. So, and then, then we're here with the final step. This is the one I'm waiting to hear. What's the, what's the seventh? Step? Well, this is really what is, is the wrap up, if you like, and and uh, and and you know, um, step seven in, in a way is, uh, uh, you know, make sure you bring the whole thing together, and, and because it's, it's a series of steps, and they have to be all utilized, but the goal here is really what's important. The goal of all this is quick, uh, low-cost management and resolution of disputes and preservation of important business relationships. I mean, this is really the essence uh, and the rationale of the whole thing and why, uh, uh, you know, CDMC exists in the first place is because this is what distinguishes us uh, from everything, from all the other choices out there, um, you know, here's just a, a little aside, Brian, that um, we have in New South Wales and probably similar statutes in other states and territories, but uh, here is called the, the uh, uh, Civil Liability Act and the Uniform Civil Procedure Rules, and uh, one of the core principles stated in, in that legislation, which was introduced about 10 years ago now, is that disputes should be resolved quickly, uh, cheaply, and fairly. Mm. And this is written into the court rules now, and the purpose of it is to give courts a lot of teeth in case management. Yeah. But the end result after 10 years of, of that legislation is that we still have litigation that's way too takes too much time and too much expense. So, in, you know, it really has failed to achieve that goal. But this goal is a, is a very achievable goal if you apl uh, adopt this alternative way of dealing with disputes that I've been outlining, and which is written up in the guidebook and explained on, on our website. Quick, low-cost management and resolution of disputes and preservation of important relationships is the essence of it. And uh, and if this, and tell me if I'm wrong, but this really has to be what most business owners would say is the way it should be. Oh, you get on with life. I mean, they're in business to be in business, and you know, your whole life gets disrupted. So, you know, I think that's brilliant. Well, what I what I think you've done quite brilliantly is applied the kiss principle, you know, to disputes. It really is because by putting it into a into a process. Um, albeit there can be quite a lot involved between steps one and seven, but the reality is by following that process, you know, I love it. I, I love the, the triage approach. I think that's brilliant. I think that adopting that philosophy of, you know, learning a process so that you're really prepared and you understand so that you can avoid these things before, before when the storm's on the horizon, you change your, you know, you, you change tax sort of the thing. And then as well, you're talking about upgrading your current agreements and contracts and making sure that they're all suitable. I think that's such great advice, so simple to do and inexpensive to do now. Um, well, I'll just say, because we're wrapping up now, um, uh, that the main objective, and I would just want to give this uh, as an overview of everything that I've said, the main objective of what I've been saying and what's in the guidebook in a bit more detail is uh, that is to equip business owners with the knowledge to take full control over four vital things in the business. 
mm -hmm. uh, which is number one, prevention and avoidance of disputes. Obviously, that has to be first. Secondly, recognizing that no matter what you do, some disputes will nevertheless happen is the effective management of those disputes. Yeah. Thirdly, is the goal of early, low-cost resolution of disputes. And finally, uh, and, and, and throughout the whole process, the protection of important commercial relationships. So those are the four main things. I think relationships and time, if you can preserve those, you can get on and do what you're, you're in business for. So that's absolutely brilliant. Look, to wrap it all up, um, yeah. our, our listeners, uh, predominantly um, from the, the franchise or aspiring to be in the franchise community as franchisees or franchisors, uh, going to say, how can they best contact you? I've actually taken the liberty of preparing for anyone who's watching this. I've actually prepared a, a slide with that information on. Oh, great. Thanks. And so uh, I'll, I'll just move on. I think my, my screen appears to, appears to have frozen. Oh, no, here we are. So um, we can um, essentially then, um, what I've done is just put on the screen contact details there for Chris, but um, perhaps you'd care just to, uh, just to, just to illustrate it verbally for people who are listening. Well, I would, I would just say uh, here are the main um, uh, things to jot down is, one, visit the website. Yes. Um, it's got a wealth of resources on it, and I will say right now that uh, in a, in a, within a week anyway, you'll see that the website will change. It's actually going through another revision. It will be even better than it is now with a lot of extra great content um, included in it, both uh, um, content in text, in video, and audio. But um, things to mention here, it has a blog, and the blog has over 55 posts designed for the commercial market. Um, okay. There's a wealth of information in there. Uh, also, click on uh, the YouTube channel and have a look at all the videos that are up there, including a very recent webinar I did uh, for the New South Wales uh, Business Chamber, uh, I think in early July. And also, touch base with me on my uh, uh, CDMC company page, Commercial Dispute Management Center company page on LinkedIn, and also the company page on Facebook. And uh, become I invite you to become friends and get on my list there. So it makes me easier if you're interested in being updated from time to time for me to do that. Wow. But those are the main, main places to uh, connect with me. That's brilliant. And there is a phone number on site, but I'll give it to anyone now who maybe needs to contact Chris and the attorney. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 02, based in, in Sydney in Lane Cove. Yes. 94208213. That's 94208213. Now, I'd just like to, uh, to thank Chris. That's He's not the av he's not your average lawyer. Here's a way I describe it in the vernacular because this graph of, of of information he provides free and encourages you to to look at, and the fact he's accessible for our um, our little community here that have a franchise simply to have a chat to briefly or be able to review any of your documents is an invitation. I think is too hard to resist. So um, I'd like to uh, to wrap up by just on behalf of everyone. Thanking Chris most sincerely for making the time available. I've really enjoyed this session. I've learned a lot. I hope our uh, our community have as well. So uh, just opportunity to say cheerio. Thanks very much indeed, Chris. It's a pleasure, Brian. Thank you very much. We'll speak to you all again soon, and look forward to hearing from you when you've got any points of interest. Goodbye.